0: The Word of the Lord, according to First John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we will know Him when He appears, We shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our Gospel Proclamation today comes from the lesson I just finished reading you, and serves as the basis of our All Saints Sunday celebration, created to be for eternity. Today, we remember the eternal children of God who entered into their rest this past year. This is the great cloud of witnesses that showed forth in their lives the faith that led them into Christ's loving arms, who is holding them fast, until the day when we will join with them in the new heavens and the new earth. This day is barely observed by the world today, and even ignored by many Christians as well. But it is still a critical day in the church calendar because those who are outside the church understand little, if anything at all, as to why we consider ourselves children. Of God, Most do not understand why we pour ourselves into God's holy Bible, seeking Christ in our devotion. Many are confused as to why we skip the trips to the beach, the springs, and the theme parks in order to sit in hard pews and sing churchy music even more are aghast at the notion that Jesus was born of a virgin, dwelt among us as God in the flesh, and rose from the dead after a complete and certain crucifixion unto death. Sadly, more and more people each year don't believe in God and find little value in being called a child of God. They feel we are mistaken and suggest that Jesus is not what he appears to be and casually dismiss everything we believe as worthless and barely necessitating any notice at all. Kind of like butter bars in the army. Let me explain. Butter bar is the slang pejorative for a second lieutenant in the army. This is the lowest rank of a commissioned officer in the Army. They are typically fresh out of training at a university ROTC or the academy and have no real experience outside their officer basic training. Kind of like a fresh private, full of enthusiasm, but still a little wet behind the ears. And just like a baby, fresh from the womb with the amniotic fluid still dripping from their ears, a private is a fully formed soldier, and the second lieutenant is a fully commissioned officer. But they typically have not been tested, and what they will be remains to be seen. So they are generally ignored by the more experienced soldiers, officers, warrant officers alike. And generally... You don't want to get too close to either one because they are usually the ones, because of their inexperience, that get caught in their catastrophic mistakes. You just want to make sure you don't become the collateral damage of their innocent errors. Having served in the Army, myself, twice, once enlisted and once commissioned, I went through this twice. And a third time, if you count my initiation into my rookie year in the ministry. All of the wet-behind-the-ears, ears butter bar newbie, one-ribbon-ranger, unseasoned, 11-bullet-stopper, rookie-clergy comments were hailed upon me in my life because first-hand knowledge of my experiences before I arrived were hidden. So I was not what I at first appeared to be. I enlisted in the Army in the same year I went to college and took some ROTC colleges myself just for fun while I was there for two years. So I was not the simple private first class everybody thought I was when I trained at the Army bases over the summers. When I started my first year in the ministry, I was actually a second career pastor, having worked in the private sector for three years before I went to seminary. So I was not entirely the rookie pastor I appeared to be. The most striking shock I imparted, though, was to a sergeant when I was a fresh second lieutenant at the chaplain's officer basic course in Fort Jackson, South Carolina in 1998. At this particular school, the chaplains were trained alongside the enlisted, non-commissioned officer's course. We were never in the same classes, but our paths frequently crossed in the break areas. On one break in particular, I struck up a conversation with a sergeant, which intrigued him because officers rarely interacted with the enlisted socially. As we chatted, about a third of the way through our conversation, his eyes suddenly widened as if something occurred to him, and he blurted out, Are you a maverick? Were you enlisted too, sir? That's when my eyes widened in shock as well. I had not revealed that information at all, but the way I talked revealed to him that I was definitely not what I appeared to be. Because no officer that wasn't prior enlisted, known as a maverick, would talk the way we were talking to each other. He could tell that I understood the Army from an enlisted angle more than an officer's outlook. Appearances can be deceiving, and sometimes the world prejudges us by our appearance rather than getting to know who we truly are. These days, it is not unlike the days of John the Elder when he wrote this letter under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit for the church in the first century. There was definite confusion in the church about Christ and what he appeared to be and how that affected who Christians were, and what the world perceived them to be. Cerinthus, an opponent of the Elder John, was chiefly responsible. He was actively denying that Christ came in the flesh, insisting that Jesus was not what he appeared to be, even though it was clearly recorded in Scripture that he did dwell amongst us in the flesh. It was important for John to correct this heresy. For as Christ did not come in the flesh, never being fully human without sin, he could not be the perfect sacrifice that lived just as we are, even though being tempted was not sinful. A perfect sacrifice who fulfilled his duties as a perfect in the flesh man who fulfilled the law we Could not. And if he was not the perfect sacrifice for our sins, our sins are not forgiven, and thereby we must rely on our good works. And if we must rely on our good works, we are most to be pitied and without hope, for we can do no good thing apart from the work of the Holy Spirit, who was sent by the perfect man, Jesus. John the Elder's vigorous defense makes clear what Sorinthus willfully muddied for the world today. Because of the Eternal Father's love, we are now children of the one true God. This is why the world ignores us, is sometimes offended by us, and even occasionally attempts to demolish us. Because they don't know Christ. Jesus They cannot possibly know or understand us. To the world, we are not what we appear to be. We don't look, act, feel, or appear as God's children fully. Because we have not seen Christ fully as he is as well. We are like butterflies in the chrysalis fully a butterfly but not yet flying as yet for those to see and we won't be until god makes it so completely so we patiently wait that fateful day when we shall see jesus fully as he is Then and only then will we finally see what Jesus' death and resurrection made us to eternally be. In the meantime, 1 John 3 3 says we are purifying ourselves. Having been cleansed by the blood of Christ, we seek what is holy and right, born of God. And still, just a little wet behind the ears, we seek to shake off that amniotic sin and serve our Savior Jesus so others may be saved as well. Today, as we read the names of our beloved who passed this year, we remember those who are with Christ and know fully who they are because they can now see Christ fully as he is. Their lives lived here on earth bear witness to us still and encourage the hope we have to celebrate that faithful day that is yet to come for us as well. They showed forth what it meant to encourage our children and grandchildren to be by our side in worship together whenever possible. They partook of God's holy sacraments, and steadfastly made devotion to God's word, the center of their spiritual lives. They served diligently alongside the women of the Lutheran Women's Missionary League, raising awareness about missions and raising the money to fund them. They sat in Bible study, fellowshiped at our table, and counseled in the community when we needed their encouraging presence. They were not as they appear now, because they, like us, were actively shaking off that amniotic sin every day, seeking forgiveness, strengthening their faith with the whole company of heaven who dwell with them now. Now they are what they always will be, seeing Christ as he is. They have finally become what his sacrifice Created them to be for eternity. Amen. Now may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.